MSW Media. Thanks to Athletic Greens for supporting the Daily Beans. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. If you're looking for a simpler and more cost-effective supplement routine, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. Today, a neo-Nazi and his girlfriend have been arrested ahead of a planned terror attack in Maryland. A Kevin McCarthy appointee voted against additional security measures for the State of the Union address. A federal judge says the constitutional right to an abortion may still exist despite the Dobbs ruling. And the Chinese spy balloon story just keeps getting more embarrassing for Donald Trump and Republicans. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Happy State of the Union Day, my friend. And to you as well. I thank you. Now, I don't listen to polls anymore because the polls are saying that 62% of the country think that Biden isn't really doing much. And that's just ridiculous because he's done more than anybody since like FDR. And that's even disputable. Like it may be more. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited for the State of the Union tonight because I, I, I really want the rest of the American people to know all of the things we know that the Biden administration has gotten done. So... I will be looking forward to that. Also, the Jim Jordan Shit Show Subcommittee will hold its first hearing Thursday. That's hard to say. Shit so shit show subcommittee. <laughs> well, we need a new name. If you have a recommendation for a name for this subcommittee besides the DOJ Weaponization Committee on whatever the fuck. Oh, good send Lord. it into us. Send it into us. Send it where you get your good news or whatever. I, however you want it. Hello at MullerSheWrote.com or DailyBeansPod.com. Click on contact. Send us your ideas for what we should call this shit show subcommittee. It's got its first hearing Thursday. Dana, the four witnesses, okay, are Tulsi Gabbard. What? Of course it is. Chuck Grassley. Okay. Russia Ron Johnson. I'm sure he's real helpful. And a former FBI special agent named Nicole Parker, who's a newly minted Fox News critic of institutions and our democracy. And I definitely need your recommendations for for a name for, for that subcommittee. I also have a big announcement. Um, oh, are you ready? I think so. Yeah. And uh, but just so the listeners know, I'm not faking it right now. I have no idea what Allison's about to say. <laughs> this has just come across my desk. <laughs> the new co-host of the Clean Up on Aisle 45 podcast will be, drumroll please, <laughs> Pete Struck. Ooh, nice yeah. job. I am so very excited about this podcast going forward. The episode that comes out this week and next week, an episode with Pete, the first one will drop on February 22nd. So the next two episodes, if you're a patron of Clean Up on All 45, because I know a lot of the Beans patrons are also patrons of, of Clean Up on All 45, which is patreon.com slash aisle 45 pod, A-I-S-L-E 45 P-O-D. If you're a patron, the next two episodes of just me being like, here's the updates are free. I'm not, not going to charge you for those episodes. And of course, the entire podcast is free for the public wherever you get your podcasts. It's just if you're a patron, you get it ad-free. Just like if you're a Beans patron, you get the Beans ad-free. All right, so hell yeah, Pete's truck. Yeah, I'm ready. That's uh, all the announcements I have. So we do have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, first up, this is frightening, but a good caller by the DOJ, a neo-Nazi leader recently released from prison, has been arrested again 
and accused of plotting an attack, a domestic terror attack on the Maryland power grid with a woman he met while incarcerated. Brandon <laughs> Russell, 27. Yeah, what, what, what's that dating app called, by the way? That's... <laughs> I, I I actually don't know. Cellmates? <laughs> Prison. P-R-I-S-N. Right? I think cellmates is very good. I like cellmates. Uh, you know what? I think that's what we're going to call it. They met on cellmates.com. Yeah. Brandon Russell, 27, and Sarah Clen Daniel, 34. Oh, 34, 27. Hmm. Expected to make their first appearance Monday in Baltimore and Florida course from kind of drag florida into this on a charge of conspiring to destroy an energy facility which carries up to a 20-year sentence in prison quote if we can pull off what i'm hoping this would be legendary that's what she said clan daniel said on january 29th according to the court record she was speaking to a federal informant who was having similar discussions with russell according to prosecutors their plan was to attack with gunfire five substations to serve the baltimore area the charges come after similar attacks on the power grid in North Carolina and Oregon that remain unsolved. The Department of Homeland Security recently warned the U.S. is in a heightened threat environment and that critical infrastructure is among the targets of potential violence. In conversations about the plot, according to court documents, Clen Daniel, quote, described how there was a ring around Baltimore, and if they hit a number of them all in the same day, they would completely destroy this whole city. At a news conference Monday morning, U.S. Attorney for the District of Maryland, Eric Barron, thanked federal, state, and local law enforcement partners for stopping the plot. Together, we are using every legal means necessary to keep Marylanders safe and to disrupt hate-fueled violence. We are united. Hate cannot win. Special agent in charge Thomas Sobosinski of the FBI field office in Baltimore said Clen Daniel and Russell conspired to inflict maximum harm to the power grid. Quote, the accused were not just talking, but taking steps to fulfill their threats and further their extremist goals. The FBI views their extremist views as racially or ethnically motivated. Sobosinski said. According to prosecutors, they used open source information on the national infrastructure grid to pick five electrical substations around Baltimore that would, if attacked on the same day, create a cascading failure in the entire system. Clen Daniel and Russell met while incarcerated at separate prisons. According to the court documents, Russell in federal custody for possessing bomb-making materials, and Clen Daniel in Maryland for robbing convenience stores with a machete. Hmm. Quote, Going to prison was worth it because I might not have met you otherwise. Oh, goodness. In a text message. (laughs) Yeah, boy, yeah, destiny has popped me to you. What the fuck? I'm like, was destiny the judge? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, judge, federal judge destiny sentenced. Thank you. (laughs) Did we get to go to the same prison now? Winky, winky hearts. Russell, a former Florida National Guard member, is the founder of the neo-Nazi group Adam Waffen, which attempted to use violent attacks to spark a race war in the United States. Experts say the group, while small, is dangerous because of its influence on the broader far-right movement to eschew politics and spill blood. An Adam Waffen member killed a gay Jewish college student in 2019. Another adherent killed his girlfriend's parents for opposing his Nazi views. Adam Waffen followers have also threatened and harassed journalists, African-American churches, and Jewish organizations. A former Adam Waffen member named Devin Arthurs, who lived with Russell in Tampa, killed two of their roommates in 2017 and subsequently told authorities they'd been planning attacks on U.S. nuclear plants and power lines. Police discovered bomb-making materials and explosives inside the shared apartment where the murders occurred. Russell subsequently pled guilty to possession of an unregistered destructive device and improper storage of explosive materials. 
His replacement as leader of Adam Waffen was subsequently imprisoned for swatting, which is calling in fake crises to provoke lethal law enforcement raids. Russell began talking to the informant while still in prison, the informant being, you know, this undercover person. That's according to the court record. He was released in August of 2021. The discussions of infrastructure attacks began last summer. Prosecutors say Russell recommended targeting Transformers because they're custom made and could take almost a year to replace. He also said the attack would be most effective after a winter storm when most people are using max electricity. Clen Daniel told the informant she expected to die of kidney disease within months and just wanted to accomplish something worthwhile first. She left a statement, according to the complaint, that references Hitler, the Unabomber, and a Norwegian mass killer and says, I would sacrifice everything for my people. She said Russell, unlike her, has a lot to lose. It is terrifying. I mean, if that had actually happened, so I'm glad that they... They thwarted that for sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. AG, the Capitol Police Board, which is a three-member body that makes security decisions for the Capitol complex, they split a two-to-one last week in favor of erecting a temporary security fence ahead of Biden's State of the Union address. And that's according to two people familiar with that decision. The lone vote against the plan was Willie McFarland, the House's newly minted sergeant at arms. Terrifying. It's unclear why McFarland opposed the fence installation. His Senate counterpart, Karen Gibson, an architect of the Capitol, Brett Blanton, they both voted in favor of installing the temporary fencing. And the three officials make up the Capitol Police Board. Well, Capitol Police Chief Thomas Manger is an ex-officio member of the board who can participate but cannot vote. The security fencing has already been installed ahead of Biden's address, but the split among the three board members marks a notable shift. Capitol Police and House Sergeant of Arms officials declined to comment on that. One of the two people familiar with the vote asked about the rationale of McFarland's vote, said there was, quote, no actionable intelligence to necessitate putting up a fence, noting the State of the Union speeches prior to January 6th attack on the Capitol didn't require one. Well, Capitol Police reinstalled the fencing around last year's speech. Okay. Now, McCarthy and his GOP colleagues have in the past criticized the security fencing that ringed the Capitol in the months following January 6th and suggested it was left up for political purposes rather based on threat intelligence. Yeah. They also made a key portion of their 2022 campaign rhetoric about their intent to reopen the Capitol, including lifting restrictions on building access and removing security screening around the House chamber. Since January 6th, temporary metal fencing has been deployed sporadically around the Capitol ahead of high-profile events and visits by the president. McFarlane, who is well-liked, he's a veteran security officer of the House. He was Speaker McCarthy's pick to succeed William Walker, the sergeant-at-arms appointed by former Speaker Nancy Pelosi during the previous Congress. And McFarlane is a longtime member of the Capitol Hill security apparatus. Well, over the past two decades, he's been a member of the Capitol Police a security official with the House Intelligence Committee, and he has spent more than 10 years as director of the Office of House Security for the House Sergeant at Arms. So this guy's been there for a while. Hmm. Seems to know what he's doing, but it is peculiar that he would vote against the other two. Yeah, that is weird. All right. And from Ward and Seligman at Politico, the Biden administration is willing to brief former Trump officials on a newly discovered intelligence that China sent spy balloons into U.S. airspace during their time in charge, (laughs) during the Trump administration. The offer, described by senior Biden administration officials on Sunday night, comes as the former guy and senior members of his national security team say they were never briefed on such an incursion by a Beijing-sent aircraft. Quote, this information was discovered after the prior administration left. The intelligence community is prepared to offer key officials from the Trump administration briefings on China's surveillance program. 
since you were too stupid to notice it yourself. That was one of the officials. The official, along with several others, asked not to be named in order to discuss the information. Briefers would also be willing to discuss Beijing's similar operations in East Asia, South Asia, and Europe over the last several years. The proposal to brief the Trump officials is the latest development following the military shootdown of that Chinese spy balloon on Saturday. Seven days after it entered U.S. airspace, Republicans and former Trump officials said this week they would have downed the airship as soon as it appeared and criticized Biden for waiting until the balloon was over water before bringing it down. And on Saturday, senior Defense Department officials said the Chinese spy balloons entered American airspace three times during Trump's tenure and once before during the current administration. The administration officials didn't detail how they learned of those events long after they happened. Still, it helps explain why five senior Trump administration officials that Politico spoke with on Sunday said they were never told of such incidents. This never happened. It would have never happened. That's what Trump told Fox News on Sunday. I'm not aware of a single civilian national security leader from the Trump administration who's heard of this. At lower levels, officials have tracked multiple instances of balloon activity over U.S. territories in recent years. One of the Trump-era balloons hovered over Guam. And in 2020, the intelligence community assessed that a much smaller balloon detected off the coast of Virginia, two of them were Chinese radar jamming devices. Rep. Michael Waltz, House Armed Services Committee member, tweeted Sunday the Pentagon had informed his office that several Chinese balloon incidents have happened in the past few years, including over Florida. Before the Biden administration's new offer to give a briefing, Trump officials denied it. this ever happened. Quote, I don't ever recall somebody coming to my office or reading anything that the Chinese had a surveillance balloon above the United States. Maybe don't admit that. Yeah, that seems a little (laughs) embarrassing. Trump's second defense secretary, Mark Esper, admitted embarrassingly to CNN on Friday. (laughs) Biden's team has given no indication it will downgrade intelligence to make a public case that there were past examples. But at this point, all briefings will apparently take place behind closed doors. In fact, all senators will receive a briefing on the just downed balloon. And that's according to all, all senators will receive that briefing. And that's according to Chuck Schumer, who said that on Sunday. So... Yeah, three during the Trump administration. They didn't know about it. We found out about it once the Biden administration got in there. And we're, we're happy to tell you about it since you weren't able to figure it out yourselves. Margie Taylor Greene is like, everyone needs to be investigated for the, the break in uh, rank. That who, how, who, Why didn't we know about these balloons? I'm like, the call's coming from inside the house. And yeah. the house is Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> like, what if... It's because you're the bad guys. Yeah. What if Trump didn't say anything about Chinese uh, spy balloons because he owes them a tremendous amount of money, has a bank account in China, and his daughter and son-in-law made millions of dollars off Chinese patents during the administration? I'm sure none of that has anything to do with Trump being like, I didn't see any balloons. All right, we're going to move on. Now, a federal judge in Washington, D.C. suggested Monday that there may be a constitutional right to abortion baked into the 13th Amendment an area she said went unexplored by the Supreme Court in its monumentous decision last year to overturn Roe v. Wade. In a pending criminal case against several anti-abortion activists, the U.S. District Court Judge Colleen Collar-Cotelli, who I've talked about before, said the Supreme Court's ruling in Dobbs v. Jackson, Women's Health Organization, concluded only that the 14th Amendment included no right to abortion, but stopped short of definitely ruling out other aspects of the Constitution that may apply. I I really like the story. Yep. This is a quote. It's entirely possible that the court may have held in Dobbs that some other provision of the Constitution provided a right to access reproductive services had that issue been raised. This is what the judge wrote. However, it was not raised. Now, Collar Catelli noted that there is some legal scholarship 
suggesting that the 13th Amendment, which was ratified at the end of the Civil War and sought to ban slavery and involuntary servitude, provides just such a right. She is asking the parties in the criminal case, which involves charges of blocking access to abortion clinics, to present arguments by mid-March. In particular, the judge is asking them to address whether the scope of Dobbs is in fact confined to the 14th Amendment and went on to say whether, if so, any other provision of the Constitution could confer a right to abortion as an original matter, such that Dobbs may or may not be the final pronouncement on the issue, leaving an open question. Well, Collar-Catelli's request stems from a year-old case against 10 defendants who are charged with conspiring to block access to a Washington, D.C. abortion clinic. One of those defendants, Lauren Handy, contended that the conspiracy charge is no longer legitimate because the Dobbs decision took Congress out of the business of making laws related to abortion access. Hmm. This is a quote. There's no longer a federal constitutional interest to protect and Congress lacks jurisdiction. This is what Handy's attorney wrote. Went on to say the Dobbs court did not indicate that there is no longer a constitutional right to abortion. The court has made clear there never was. Well, Collar Catelli, an appointee of... Bill Clinton indicated that she viewed this position as overly broad. Dobbs, as she noted, confined its analysis to the 14th Amendment alone, although she conceded it contained sweeping statements that could lead one to conclude the justices were convinced nothing in the Constitution protects abortion rights. This is another quote. The Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. This is Samuel Alito. He declared in the Dobbs majority opinion, which was endorsed by four other justices. However, Collar Catelli said that statement may be merely a voyeuristic and the legal effect of the Supreme Court ruling may be narrower. This is another quote in the story. The issue before the court in Dobbs was not whether any provision of the Constitution provided a right to abortion. Rather, the question before the court in Dobbs was whether the 14th Amendment to the Constitution provided Mm. such a right. This is what she wrote. That is why neither the majority nor the dissent in Dobbs analyzed anything but the 14th Amendment. In fact, On the court's initial review, not a single amicus brief mentioned anything but the 14th Amendment and the unratified Equal Rights Amendment. Beyond the 13th Amendment argument that Caller Catelli floated, several Jewish organizations, I love this because I saw this, have filed lawsuits arguing that religious freedom actually protects in the First Amendment or state constitutions may extend to abortion rights. That's absolutely amazing. I'm not sure that this particular Supreme Court We'll agree that the 13th Amendment protects abortion rights, but it's a very, very incredible conversation to have that they only argued that the 14th Amendment doesn't. They didn't say anything about the 8th or the 13th or the 1st. And anybody who listened to the MSW Book Club reading of Allow Me to Retort, Ellie Mistal's book, he specifically brings up the 8th and 13th Amendments and the First Amendment when he talks about the Dobbs decision. All right. Very cool. Interested to see where and follow that case, where it goes. Oh, what I, I now I feel like I have to call my friend Ellie and be like, dude, dude, 13th Amendment. They're talking yeah. about it. All right. That's good news. We have more good news to get to right after this break. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG and I take AG, AG1 by Athletic Greens every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to switch away from the, my huge pile. I had a cabinet full of supplements and vitamins and minerals and everything. And it was so it was getting out of control and taking up room and very cost effective. But AG1 is fast. It's tasty. It's delicious. It's an easy habit to pick up. I take it every day, first thing in the morning before I do anything else. And I feel amazing. It helps kickstart my entire day. 
And we want to thank Athletic Greens for their support. Right now, they're offering you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase when you go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. I appreciate how much time AG1 by Athletic Greens saves me. It's so much easier to just take one scoop, delicious scoop of, of deliciousness in one cup of water every morning. That's it. And it's so much easier and less expensive than all the things it replaces. My daily multivitamin, minerals, prebiotics, probiotics for gut health, uh, my greens blend, my superfoods. It's great bang for the buck and it helps simplify my morning routine. AG1 is really a seamless and easy daily habit. And I'm positive there isn't another daily routine that pays off nearly so well as this delicious nutritional drink. AG1 makes it easier for you to take the highest quality supplements, period, which is one of the many reasons I trust it so much. So if you're looking for a simpler and cost-effective supplement routine, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. That's athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Check it out. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to give a shout out to a hero in your life or uh, a local adoptable pet in your area or a local business that you want to support. If you want to tell me some shit kids say or shit you've said or shit adults say, anything you want to send to us, you can do it. Oh, and what the mutt, we're champions now. You can send those in too. And with that, basically, if you're new, uh, welcome. Thank you for listening to The Daily Beans. But we play this game called What the Mutt, where you send in a picture of your rescue pup and we try to guess. <laughs> What breeds? Sometimes it goes very well. Sometimes it goes very poorly. Twice we've done well. We got a five out of seven. And yesterday we got a two out of three. So we're getting better. Practice makes perfect. And you can send it all into us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. First up from Kristen with a correction. The Beans crew constantly inspires me. You guys are amazing. Oh, thank you. So Ivanka isn't smart enough to get patents. That would require her to actually invent something. The legal definition of a patentable invention is something that's new, useful, and isn't obvious to anyone skilled in the field of invention. Usually a surprising discovery. Ivanka got trademarks from China. Much easier to do. (laughs) Okay, I love that Kristen somehow was traveling in time, heard the podcast that we did today, sent in a correction yesterday to my faux pas today in the podcast and no one else needs to do it because I have been corrected. They didn't get millions of dollars in patents. They got trademarks. Kristen, thank you for saving us a lot of time and somehow being clairvoyant. Well done. That's super, super amazing. Thank you, AG and DG, for making my days brighter and helping make the world a better place. And I'll go ahead and grab the next one because it's short too. From Anonymous, she and her, regarding the Chinese spy balloon and people shooting it down themselves, there is at least one South Carolina sheriff who posted on social media to warn folks not to try to shoot down the balloon themselves. It was too high up for rifles to shoot. And what goes up? Bullets must come down somewhere. For pet tax, this is a picture of our new torty kitten, Comet, adopted by us at 10 weeks old about a month ago. She was a street kitten found alone at about five weeks old by a rescue group who loves to snuggle under the covers with us as she is doing here. So sweet. Thank you. Indeed. All right. This is from Will. Pronounce he, they. Hey, Beans Queens. Hello from Wisconsin. Thank you so much for the shout out to vote in the primary on the 21st. I was actually on the way to the post office to drop off my absentee ballot, which Wisconsin voters can request at myvote.wi.gov. Myvote.wi.gov. 
I love to vote from home so I can research candidates with the ballot in front of me. But Wisconsin voters who aren't permanently disabled need to request absentee ballots every single year. There are four candidates for the Supreme Court race and two are, quote, conservative non-starters. Everett Mitchell and Janet Protasiewicz. We're going with Protasiewicz. Janet Protasiewicz. Both look good, like good candidates, both from the circuit courts, Wisconsin's lowest court. Brett Potasiewicz, <laughs> I hope this is right, has twice the experience on the bench and a lot of good quotes about applying the law predictably instead of research for the desired result, which is a great poke in SCOTUS's eye, while Mitchell's campaign seems rather inactive. Thanks for all you do, and thanks for the reminder to vote blue over Q. This might be our last chance to stomp out gerrymandering before Republicans take a veto-proof majority. And because Supreme Court races are nonpartisan, it's more of a two-stage runoff general election, and you need to vote in both. P.S. A.G., I'm so proud of the way you handled the recent stuff, and I'm glad we'll continue to hear you in all the places. P.P.S. Mm. Pod Pet Tax. This is Reggie. The 17-breed mutt has gotten bigger. Look how cute. The feet. Oh, he's adorbs. I want to pet. Thank you for that information, Will. I appreciate that. I also got a message from the Wisconsin Dems, and uh, I'm I'm very excited to talk to them. I see if I can bring somebody on to, to, to talk more about this election. Seriously, the future of the legislature in Wisconsin, Congress, Like this affects and impacts everything. Wisconsin is so important. So thank you, Will. All right. Next up from Sam, they and them. Hello, ladies of the Illuminati. Writing in today to share one of my favorite things, camping. Last year, me and some friends went camping in December. You may recall this as I wrote in to describe it a fine and pleasant misery featuring wind, rain, snow and thunder, among other things. So, of course, I wanted to go again before we even got home this year. While talking with a friend about camping, again, he told me, Sam, if you want to go through that again, you're going to have to plan it yourself. So I did, and I planned it on my birthday. I don't normally do anything special on my birthday, but this year I wanted to treat myself, treat yourself (laughs) to something less stressful than a dinner with my family. And I got it. (laughs) Thanks to some better preparation on my part. Do not skimp on your sleeping bags, people. I can confirm that. And keeping a close eye on the weather, we all had a great time. The weather was better, the fire was warmer, the food was top-notch. Even without that, I would have had a good time thanks to the company, though. And I'm not just saying that because some of them listen to the show. (laughs) Definitely one of the best (laughs) birthdays I've ever had. Well, hello, Sam's friends, camping friends. Attached is a picture of Link, one of my friend's Bengal cats. I love Bengals. And a picture of us getting ready to hike out. Winter camping isn't the best for selfies, but I'm the one with the pink hair. So First of good. all, beautiful cat. Beautiful oh, green so, eyes. Oh, so, so cute. Oh, excellent. That looks like so much fun and also very cold. Super fun crew. I know, right? The yeah. smile from, from the person on the left. Look at that smile. That is, a, that's like a Libra smile right there. So, so, so good. All right. This is from Claudia, pronounced she and her. Hello beans queens thank you for everything you do on the show and off for helping us all stay sane while swearing i recently started working in missouri longtime illinois resident i've been following lucas Kuntz since that amazing ad and i'm so grateful to you for speaking to him and getting the word out about him thank you he's great as are some of the other missouri democrats working hard to secure representation like jess piper and crystal quaid and of course st louis's own cory bush also want to say yes also want to say how much I love Dana's pronunciation of super, su- what did I say? Super fun, to, fun, super 
f- uh, fendication. I think I think you said, I said super f- fecundation. Yeah, super fecundation. But I think super fecundation. Uh, but yeah. thank you. Yeah, to th- to thank you. Oh, here's a picture of two frog orgy that hangs in our dining room. What? The inspiration below says in German, "Sei Regen bringt Segen." That was really hard for me to say, but I think it was close, which means, and it was hard for me to say because I'm Jewish, not because I don't know how to pronounce it, which means something like movement brings blessings. Oh, see, anything really lovely, even in German, sounds horrifying to a Jew. Regen brings Sagan, which means <laughs> movement brings blessings. Or maybe yes. keep on defunctation, defunctationing, defunctationing. Second. Fucking Fucking! Oh my god, I'm dyslexic. <laughs> fucking dationing. I think the root word is fecund. I don't uh, know, but it was the German that which threw is me a, off. Which is weird. The German, yeah. Sich regen bringt segen. And I mean, like, ich liebe dich means I love you. Right. You know? So it's, See? It's, it's frightening. Also, oh, yes. Some, yeah, some frogs are making some tadpoles, that's for sure. They're moving. Movement brings blessings. I, fucking <laughs> brings children, I guess. Is that what fecundationing means? Mo- That's exactly what it means. Children. God, awesome. Thank you for that, that word out. <laughs> it's a lot to I didn't even, I'd never seen the word before. I know the word fecund, but I, the, I, I, that was new to me. Next up from Jack Prodots, he and him. I want to give you an update on my kid, Joe. If you remember, they came out as gender fluid to the world with their senior photos. I remember this, Dana. They finished high school and are in their second semester of college studying computer graphics and graphic design. Apparently two different things. I was able to include Joe in my marching band prop building. We built a giant version of the Book of Spells from Hocus Pocus. I made the structure and Joe made the snake feature and painted the entire prop. It was pretty cool getting to work with my kid on a project and hope to include them in more projects in the future. The other bit of good news is the birth of my first grandson, Miles. He was born on Groundhog Day, and we are already best friends. He's so beautiful, I can't look at him without tearing up. Oh, my God. Pod bet tax for keeping my daughter's dogs while they were in the hospital and getting settled at home. Dogs' names from left to right, Diesel, Benson, Ruby, and Sadie, the one with the wonky ear. There's a pic with Benson meeting his new little brother. Benson was so (gasps) gentle in meeting babies oh oh dana i know well first of all these first pictures are really freaking cool however that was built able to be stood stood on because it's really phenomenal especially whoever's the little flute up there and in the hocus pocus look at that perfect baby though and the puppy that's like this is mine to protect oh oh Oh, my heart and look at that brood brood of breeds look at the brood of breeds (laughs) Oh, so adorable with the Aussies and the golden and that one over there on the right. (laughs) The Aussies are golden. I don't know. (laughs) That one. I'm so bad at what the mutt. So I'm just, it's probably a purebred. Watch. Okay. But I can't stop looking at this baby. Miles. In the little, in the little burrito. Mm. So, so, so cute. So adorable. I got we I got frogs. You got babies. I did. We got we everything we need in the good news and uh, f- uh, fec- fecundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that word, whatever it is. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> super fecundation. Uh, super fecundation. Thank you so much, everybody, for your good news stories. Please send in more and send in your ideas for what we should call the shit show subcommittee, which is the DO, the weaponization of the Department of Justice blah 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 house committee that jim jordan is uh, heading up as he's maybe we should just call it we should just call it the circular firing squad (laughs) because that's what it's going to end up being for sure (laughs) 
It's just such a clusterfuck. So all that you can send to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Dana, do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? I actually do. I have a call to arms. Actually, not really a call to arms. And I hope this is okay to ask. I really want to redo my website. It looks like it's from 1995 if websites existed in 1995. If there's any of the Beans listeners out there that this is what you do for a living and want to be a part of this, would you just shoot a quick email and give them your information and one of the producers will get it to me? I would really love to give some work to one of our Beans listeners and um, it would be kind of cool if you helped me build it. So that's it. If there's anyone out there that knows how to do this stuff, does it for a living, I would love to hire you for, uh, for some work. Ah, that would be rad. All right. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I guarantee you that there's somebody there's amazing gotta and talented be. There's amongst gotta the Luguminati that would want to yeah. help out, especially with all that work you do for HRC, you know? I mean, fuck. Thanks, dude. honey. How much money raised now? Oh, over $40 million for LGBTQ, women's reproductive health, <sighs> and HIV AIDS education and prevention. I love that so much. I love you, dude. You're so awesome. Everybody, too. we'll be back. Thank you. We'll be back in your ears tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And take someone with you. To the Wisconsin polls. Get your ballots in there. Let's change it. Let's change the judiciary. Let's let's solidify the Supreme Court in Wisconsin. And hooray, Pete Strzok, co-host of Clean Up on Aisle 45. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media.